Welcome to Dropping In, a podcast of storytelling and interviews with your host, Winter Olympian Mercedes Nickel. Thank you so much for dropping in on Series 9. This is a series where I reached out to past guests' parents to see what it was like to raise an elite athlete or just a really cool person (laughs) in the sense of Irie and Julie Smith, if you've listened to that episode before. Also, she has amazing athletes in her family too. Um, I always got the question, what was it like? What did your parents do to help you in sports and all of that? So lo and behold, I have my parents on Um, This is episode 77. Thank you again for dropping in. Let me introduce the guest that we will be dropping in with today. Our next guest is my mom. Growing up in the UK, she was a junior champion in diving. She played lacrosse and tennis. She's a mother of two children, my brother, Philip, and me. She was chairman of the skating committee at the Toronto Cricket Club and highly involved in volunteering her time. She volunteers her heart out, reading and recording books for the blind, reading to AIDS patients. She was chairman of the Whistler Library for years, volunteering for the 2010 Paralympics, and she worked 15 years for dispatch for Whistler Ski Patrol. She was nominated as Citizen of the Year in Whistler. Honestly, she volunteers for everything. Even in Mexico, she volunteers for for Patroninos, Patronatos Pro Ninos, and is currently a marriage commissioner in Whistler. This mother, wife, ongoing volunteer, and best mama bear a girl could ask for is about to drop in with us. Let me introduce Alex Nickel. Hi, mama. Hi, baby. How are you? I'm great. I'm in Mexico. It's hot, sunny, and beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I know. For the listeners that might, and people that are watching, um, the reason that we are not together recording this is because my parents do spend a lot of time in Mexico. So I'm going to start with the rapid fire right off the bat. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Well, we already know this one. Where in the world are you today? Mexico. Specifically, mom. Specifically, San Miguel de Allende, um, a city of about 180,000 people, high in the mountains in the center of Mexico, about three hours from Mexico City. Awesome. And remember that these are never rapid. You've listened to my podcast before. Number two. (laughs) Okay, so these are all the same questions that I've asked the previous parents. And I know that you're my mom, so it's kind of weird that I'm asking you this, but it is what it is. And I laugh because this one, this one's really funny. What drew you to the mountains, Mom? My husband, John, <laughs> drew me to the mountains because he was an amazing skier and their whole family all skied. And so it seemed to me that the um, most appropriate thing I could do was to learn to ski, which I did at a very, very late age. Um, and, yeah, it, it, it's never been my wildest, most fun sport. I've never had the confidence, um, I think, of people that start off really early in a sport or certainly skiing. So um, for me, yeah, I came to it late in life. Didn't you, didn't you like ski for your first time in jeans or am I making that up? No, no, I did. Your father took me <laughs> to, to New, we were in New York with Charles and Emily 
and Charlie and John decided that they wanted to go skiing. So we went up to Sugarbush, which is where they'd both worked for donkeys years, yeah. uh, years and years ago. And um, it, I'd never seen um, snow. I mean, I'd never skied. I'd never, never done it at all. So we, we got to the sort of the, the base of the hill and they said, well, you know, and I looked at them and I went, I've never done this before. And they just dropped. Absolute jaw drop. They could not believe that they'd met someone that had never skied. It yeah. was like ice. I mean, solid blue ice. There was no snow. I right. mean, I think my first impression about skiing was, oh my God, I never realized you'd, it was like tabletops. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. Anyway, they got me to the top and they had to nurse me down. It was a very, very ugly, not a nice, happy thing all round. We had to have copious drinks afterwards to recover <laughs> and um the next time i skied actually was was with your grandmother i went out to uh to switzerland with her and yeah. decided that i had to learn to ski where in switzerland did you ski uh davos your grandparents used to go out there and then um your father used to go out there with elspeth his sister okay. um, and they used to spend a lot of time davos and Klosters was their okay. their big base okay cool um number three <laughs> Again, when your kids were younger, what was offered to them after school? Anything they wanted to do, um, skating, baseball, I mean, all those activities that we were so lucky to have included a lot in sort of extracurricular stuff from the school as well. But yeah. no, I mean, to me, it, you know, you, you learned to do as many things as you could possibly do and find out, you know, whether which, which one you liked. I mean, I yeah. seem to remember you did piano lessons as well. Thanks for bringing that one up. I feel like I touch on that at some time prior. But yeah, I did try piano. My parents rented a piano knowing very well that I don't think any of us are musically apt. And I went to my first recital and I started playing and I looked down and I was in the wrong key and I just didn't know how to get out of it. So I kept playing and I never went back to piano. Well, you know, that was one of the things that you tried at and, you know, I mean, did you, it wasn't yours. Hold on. Did you know in the recital that I was playing it, that it did it sound really bad. Well, I don't think it sounded any worse than some of the other kids. I mean, you, you, we did have a lovely little, uh, do you remember the little Chinese girl who was absolutely outstanding? She was about, you know, the size of a grasshopper and she got up and sort of almost played the Moonlight Sonata, which was a little disconcerting for the rest of you. But um, no, I mean, I wasn't very musically inclined. I did piano at school and used to get my knuckles wrapped frequently. But I thought, hey, got to give it a try. You know, oh Philip God. tried the electric guitar. Do you remember? That yeah, was, I do. Yeah, I do. So, you know. Oh, my gosh. We I'm can sorry. leave that one. Yeah, we can leave that one behind. <laughs> so, but I, I do want our listeners and, and viewers to know that, like, I did grow up in Toronto for my young years and that that was a great opportunity to try, like, so many different sports. And I really did, especially when I was at Bayview Glen. Like we, I, I tried everything that was there. Well, you also won the junior sports, um, you know, champion of the year kind of thing for doing so many sports because you really had yourself into everything. I mean, you were swimming <laughs> for the school. Yeah, in remember the that you you did swimming and yeah. you did skating and you did. I tried basketball, volleyball. I was but, pretty yeah. short. Tried track. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. like everything. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, that's that's what we encouraged you to do was to try everything and then find something that you wanted to hone in on. But you yeah. really, I mean, skating was your big thing there and swimming, you know, that was the big thing. And yeah. then you did soft, softball, softball. I think you did yeah. softball for the school right. and you, and of course you skied. 
you know, you skate for them. In those days, you were on two boards. Yeah, back in the day. I still do every now and then. Okay, number four. What was the last book you read? This side note, sidebar. This woman reads so many books that she's a problem. So you're probably reading like three books at the same time right now. I am. I'm okay, reading. Um, I'm reading the 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 night night train porter, and I'm reading um, a book I just finished called Lessons in Chemistry, which is hugely fun. And we're doing it as a book club book. It's yeah. great. I really encourage that one. And I have just started going back to an old book that I haven't read for donkey's years called Uncle Fred in the Springtime by P. G. Woodhouse. So I'm I'm running the gamut of about three books at the moment, but um, and then a couple on my my iPad as well. Well, not my iPad. I guess I'm on my phone. Yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I read, read, read. And then I do Shakespeare um, reading. We do we do a group uh, every uh, second week. So we read a Shakespeare play out loud. Yeah, I, of books are you my thing. And we just went to a sale and they had three books. So I came home with, you know, like eight books. So it was wonderful. Um, you read very differently than me and dad. Oh, yes. <laughs> Dad and well, I, get... I, 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 hey, now your father, I would suggest your father had, had, had and has always had a touch of dyslexia. So reading isn't, <laughs> isn't a pleasure. Did he? Well, oh, no, it no, is a pleasure, so. though. It is a pleasure, though. Not for him. It really isn't. It's a bit of a slog. And, you know, so yeah, but he, he'll... yeah, but yeah, like you get into that world and then you just you have to stay in it. It's not like we can read three books at the same time. But I also think that he doesn't find it an incredibly relaxing. Yeah, because he's got to get through it. Yeah, but but I think that's to do with dyslexia, and I think I, I think don't think it does. I don't. I'm not dyslexic, and I didn't say I, you were. I think he was definitely okay. as a child. Yeah, Fair. I had a lot of trouble. Yeah, this so is I where we're going to agree to disagree. Okay. <laughs> I read. I read enough for all of you, anyway. I know. Well, I read a lot too, but I'm like get well, really. You do now. Um, well, yeah. not well. Auntie Peggy gave you the Harry Potter books, the the four, you know, initial like, ones. Got me into it. That was what started you reading, and I, yeah. I always sort of thank. And then for wait, that. didn't you say? Didn't you say that someone at the book sale? Because I I gave those to the to the book sale, my Harry Potter books. Which it's not that I regret that, but I wasn't thinking properly that I should have kept them. And didn't you say someone picked it up and freaked out that it was my book because my name's in all of them? Well, yeah, but you know, I mean, let's put it this way: when we sold the the house on Mountain View, we gave you know, uh, I don't know, I can't remember, fourteen boxes of books, yeah. and they all had either your our name, name, my name, or our names in it. So yeah. yes, so you know, you you talk to people in Whistler, and they go, "Oh, I your just book. finished your book," you know, whatever it was, you know, to get really, you go, yeah, yeah, I got it at the book sale, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. so there's a lot of our our literature in in Whistler. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, number five. Was school a big part in your kid's life or was there time off for sports? There was always time off for sports. And I think, you know, you especially were very lucky in that you had most of your schooling um, at Whistler. Mm-hmm. When you think about it, you know, like, you did did some core stuff in Toronto um, where you had access to tons of sports. But when we moved back to Whistler, it really was um, the quarter system in those days that gave mm-hmm. you that ability to train, to go away and compete, but to also keep up with your studies. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, Philip came in at the tail end of that. I mean, Philip did a lot of sports when he was in, in Toronto. You know, he yeah. skied and he did all the stuff. But when he came back, he really maybe didn't take as much 
opportunity or, or you know, get into quite as much. But definitely, uh, you know, the, 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 the Whistler Ski Program and the Whistler Sports Program. Um, right. But let's touch... School. Let's touch on the, the, the kids in Whistler that have the 27-meter rule. We didn't have that in our family. It's not like we were like, it snowed a lot. We were allowed to go up the hill. We still had to go to school. No, you had to go to school. And I, and I think that was fine. And I think the 20-centimeter rule was actually much more to do with the people that worked in Whistler. I mean, if you were building a house and there was a 20-centimeter day, that was really the end of your building day. I mean, you just didn't see a workman at all. No, there are there are parents that are like, 20 centimeters, you get to go up. Like who's no. going up with them? I don't, I don't get no. it. No. Anyways, no. I'm fine. I lived a good life. <laughs> okay, number six. Um, <laughs> number six. I only laugh because it's my mom. Would you be at all your kids' events when they were younger? Oh gosh, I was terrified. No, I absolutely, especially when you started in the halfpipe. Boy, <laughs> I could not watch that. That was absolutely terrifying to me i, I mean, think you, you only oh. i think you only came to four events in my whole life i was there at the big ones let's put it that way i was you were, there at your the, first one was world championships in whistler yep and and i crashed really hard <laughs> yeah it i only remember i only remembered ones that you win one and came away with medals and flowers because... and all kinds of things because those are the ones that i always think are the most important things so yeah <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you did come up to the first World Cup halfpipe that I was in, and I ended oh, well, up third. Yes, yes, because yeah, because they took you off to drug test you, yeah. and you didn't even get to get on the podium. And yeah. I still have the plastic flowers that they gave you. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. So, yeah, yeah. So for those that don't know how it works, um, if you podium at a World Cup, you have to get drug tested, and then there's a random person that'll get drug tested, and. I was so young at that point that I didn't know what that meant really that so the drug testing person literally took me and we left so I missed the whole podium ceremony because I think the volunteer also didn't know that we had to go like that I could have waited mm -hmm. to stand on the podium get my flowers so yeah that was my first world cup podium that I I, I was on the podium and I didn't actually get to be on the podium <laughs> Yeah. And the drug testing was that. Do you remember them when they came one Christmas Eve? Yeah, they came all the time. I mean, you can't believe it. They arrive at the house on Christmas Eve, you know. Uh, oh, here we are, you know, just pee into a cup. I mean, you're going, we're just about to go out for dinner. No, no, no time for that. They, know. You know, anyway. Yeah. That's that's like a whole no, other but I, I, I did have I did have a problem watching you, I must admit it. I, I tried very hard, but I, it was very difficult. You but, did you watch know. my last Olympics in Pyeongchang. Oh, yes. No, I was there. And that last run of yours... It felt like some large weight had gone off my shoulders. It was so cold and it was so great. But you were so amazing because you had come back, which was, right. I think, probably one of the moments that I was most proud of in anything you've ever achieved. I mean, Vancouver was incredible to be in yeah. Vancouver, to watch you compete on home soil and to do so well was absolutely unbelievable. And to be surrounded by family. And I did watch. Even Tara would say, I watched every single solitary moment. So did that was, you? yeah, I did. I was hanging I on for grim that. death to the railings, but I was watching. Um, but no, oh, that, yeah. that, that last one, um, yeah. Uh, because, because I did tell you it was going to be my last Olympics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was bittersweet, you know, it was, it was, it was very bittersweet, um, you know, amazing to see you even come back 
from Sochi and and all the you know everything that had came happened there with the concussion and your yeah. injuries and you know you you were a gutsy gutsy lady very much oh, very much so enough. yeah yeah all right number seven how active is your lifestyle um I'm pretty active. I've just had a new hip, so I've been a little less active than, than <laughs> usual. Um, but no, I mean, I try. I have a group that's been together um, in Whistler. We've been working out with uh, with Mandy for we worked it out twenty five years this year. Is it same group? Yeah, and there's the core group is is wow. still together. Yeah. So um, so yeah. So that used to be Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and then mm. um, I've always I used done to them. I used to come in and say hello and do some workouts with you too. Yeah. And then um, yoga, which I've always enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I did ballet as a little girl. Um, I've always been relatively active, but not in a sort of a competitive winter sportsy kind of way. I mean, I'm 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 happy to to do stuff, and I like I don't like running. I hate 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 running. Wait, let's talk about your running because you. I do talk about your volunteerism, which is chaotic for anyone to follow. You did run for AIDS one year, right? Was that where you walked for AIDS? It was the walk for AIDS in Toronto. Yeah. And And is that where you found out, is that where you found out your legs were not aligned properly? Oh no, that was that other one that they got me to do. That was the 24 hour relay. Right. And you had to do it like three times or something. And I, my first one was like two in the morning and, um, I really, I just don't run and I've never liked it. And when I came in, um, yeah, I was really, I was in a lot of pain. I, and I think I was overtaken by a few wheelchairs. I mean, it was just you know, <laughs> ridiculous. Um, and I, I, the guy looked at me and he said, you know, there's something wrong with the alignment of, of, of your legs. And I said, okay. really? And mm-hmm. he said, yeah, you know, he said, I'm going to ask you a personal question. What year were you born? So I told him and he said, oh, so that was after the war. And I went, uh, yes, because <laughs> during the war, the kids didn't get enough um, good nutritional food and yeah. they grew up with um, something called rickets, which meant that their tib right. fibs were very, very weak. So they tended to, to bow, bow and, right. and, and so they didn't have the strength in them. Mm-hmm. And so that's mine are just off a bit too. So when I run, first it hits my knees and then right. I run in another way to get, and then it gets into my hips and then, yeah. So thank God he said to me, I think you should give this up. And I was like, yes, you know, not a, <laughs> done, not I'm a, done. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I know. I secretly, I was secretly, maybe that's me too. Uh, Cause I don't, I also don't like running, but I no, do it. Cause but you I, do. And I, I love to walk. I mean, I'll walk yeah. for miles and miles and miles. And oh, should we actually that. introduce everyone to a, a nickel family walk and how that works? <laughs> well, that's. Oh. Oh, That's should I? I'll, let me explain. You, you could explain that. Oh, yes, please. Yes. So, mm-hmm. yes, my mother does like to walk. She did just get a new hip this um, December. Was it January? January. January. January 2023. And we are currently April 15th. She got a new hip. But before that, a family walk, let me describe it, is my mom about 200 feet in front of us going for it and we're me my brother and my dad are just like oh well there's there's mom she's just gone she doesn't want to talk to us she's in the mode just go 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 that is a nickel family walk so it's really just me my dad and my brother and then mom's just way out in front doesn't really give a care about us well it hasn't hasn't changed much you know we were out this morning (laughs) and your father was about you know 50 yards behind me and I'm going could we have a conversation he's like you're too far ahead 
Yeah. No, <laughs> it, it hasn't changed much, you know. But that's, that's the hip. It. The hip is working. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah, number number eight, mom. I love these rapid fires that are never rapid. How do you motivate yourself on days that you might be lacking motivation to get outside and be active? Oh boy, I think I think about people that that don't have the abilities that I have. Mm. Um, so I I will think about. Some of my friends, um, you know, who, who maybe aren't able to do things anymore and some of them who've, you know, had accidents or, or even just people that just have had disabilities from, from a long time. And I think about that and I think, boy, you know, well, my little friend Susie comes straight to mind. You know, she's had an autoimmune disease for a long, long time mm-hmm. um, and she has really, really bad times, but she never lets it get her down. She yeah. always gets up and gives it one more try. And I think that's what motivates one is is people that can't, but you can, and you're just being plain lazy about it all. So, yeah. 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 No, Other that's people. so true. That's yeah. so true. But you're also accountable to your workout group. I think accountability oh, to others yeah. is, like, pretty important. Yeah. When we went on to Zoom, it was a miracle. I mean, you should have seen all yeah. of us trudging through the snow to get to, you know, the workout, to you know, get to Creekside and get out of the car and get out of your boots and your 18 layers of clothing and then, you know, get going. And then at the end of it all, get reversing that whole process. Yeah. Zoom has been amazing. I mean, I think that's what's kept us all together. And now that the, the, the Creekside gym has closed, mm-hmm. um, you know, Mandy's going to keep on doing Zoom. Yeah, so awesome. we will keep on, uh, our group will stay together, which, um, which is pretty amazing. Mom, this is a real serious question. Number nine, I'm we're ready. almost done. What makes you smile? You, my kids, <laughs> sunshine in the mornings, um, my family. Um, yeah. yeah, those are the things that make me happy. Wake up knowing that, uh, you know, it's another beautiful day. My children are having fun and, and, and doing things and, that they're there for me. And, uh, and your dad always makes me smile. I mean, yeah. he's, he's just pretty funny. He's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Number 10, the last one. Da, 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 da. Did you know about your kids' passions from a young age? Well, let me put it this way. Philip was far more outgoing about communicating what he wanted. Um, <laughs> Philip was, um, always told you he was either happy, he was sad, he yeah. were, he wanted something, he needed something and he could never be on his own. So, you know, the worst thing you could do to Philip was to send him to his room and he would, oh, hang on, that's dropped out of my ear. And he would, um, you know, he would say by myself and you'd right. go, yeah, of course, of course, but I, I, I'll be all alone. You know, <laughs> so that was, that was always um, a key sort of, you knew what he wanted. You knew where he was going, and and that sort of thing. And yeah. then, um, and then he, you, you used to sort of totally co-opt me. I mean, you used to throw me for a loop because I'd just be getting, you know, to 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 a point where I was just about to lose my cool, and you'd go, and I'm going to my room now, all by myself, <laughs> and you'd stomp off, you know, up upstairs and slam the door, and I I'd, I'd look at, and I'd go. How, how did she do that? I still don't know what that was all about. So you were much more difficult as a little kid to communicate with. Um, I mean, you got better as you got older, and obviously, you know, you did. You later on, you, you learned to 
to speak beautifully about everything and do, you know, presentations and things, but uh, communicating. No, it's funny. You're, you're not wrong because I remember Tara Teagan. Um, I think she might've told you this, but she was like, it was so hard getting answers out of you because I just didn't care. Like, I, I don't know. I just wanted to snowboard. I just wanted to like, was, do what I wanted there, to do. There was also that guy from The Sun, um, and he did an interview with you, and he said that he had to interview you twice because the first time he couldn't get anything out of you, and the second time he only got a little bit out of you. And he thought if he had to interview you for the third time, he was going to give up. And uh, it was time for really? you to, to, yeah, and it was time for you to learn to present yourself, <laughs> talk about yourself, because, yeah, I mean, you were you were in a, you were an upcoming snowboarder, and people wanted to know. Yeah. And the fact that you really didn't care was quite not quite what they wanted to hear. I but know. anyway, that was it. Well, all the kids listening, learn how to answer questions with more than a yes and an O. Oh. <laughs> That's what I learned. Oh, man. And now when I interview people, I'm like, you have to also form the question in a way that it's not going to be a yes and a no. And you have to be friendly. And it is what it is. But well, think, I've changed. Well, yes. But listening I've grown. to you. Yeah. And listening to you over the series of podcasts you've done, what you also do that I think is so important when you're interviewing is to listen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you may have a set of questions there. But if mm -hmm. the person leads you into, you know, another direction you go with that flow and you can, mm -hmm. you then play on that, which I think is an important part of, of, of interviewing at the best of times. Totally. I hate those guys, you know, that just go, Oh boy, she just said something really interesting, but my next question is. Right. And right. It, right. Yeah. You know, so that you, you never get that, that follow up. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So passions, we, we all had our passions. Did you know that like, did you see the passion of me snowboarding? Yeah, yeah, I think I did, especially when you used to go off to those amazing competitions with Timmy and Mikey and, you know, you'd head off at the weekends and you'd come back and you'd just be so, so full of what you were doing and loving it. And I think, you know, even that first sort of three-day snowboarding thing that you did that over that Easter holiday, yeah, you came down and you were like, that's my sport. Did I? And I was like, what is it? What, what are we doing? Okay, wait. Let's Where are let's, we going? You know. I, do you know what my favorite thing to um, touch on was my first time snowboarding is it was me and Brett Kane, a friend from Ontario, and we were in purple descent ski outfits. Like our – we were – we had we were twins, but he was a guy and I was a girl and we had the same like purple ski outfits with a flare of turquoise around the collar. And uh, we were in Sorel snowboard boots because it was like the mid-90s and we were learning how to snowboard. And that's like my biggest takeaway was like we were infiltrating snowboarding in descent ski outfits. But the amazing thing was at the end of the three days, you know, you were coming down, you know, doing incredible turns. Yeah. And, you know, Brett always says, I think I knew then that I was going to be left behind on that, <laughs> on that front, you know. And um, but it was it was it you but you always had a joy and you still do in the things that you love to do. Mm. I mean, skating, you know, mm -hmm. I remember when you were a little tiny, tiny person on your skates doing figures which in those days were mandatory right. and doing figures with Mr. Coulson and just giggling away and he would be saying slow down right. slow down Mercedes slow down and you'd be going 
it's such fun. Look at me, you know, whizzing around doing these figures of eights and stuff. Right. And you always had a joy in 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 the, the things that you were doing. So so yes, there definitely was always a passion to what you yeah. were doing. Isn't that funny? I mean, you didn't do the things you didn't like. Like what? And that was well. I mean, I I don't I can't sort of think offhand. Well, piano playing. I mean, we gave up. You know, that was kind of like okay. Yeah, I feel like that's like one of the main ones I remember giving up on. Yeah, yeah. I was well, like, I am. I was kind of embarrassed, I think. I was like, I played in the wrong key. I'm not going yeah. back for lessons. <laughs> then, I mean, there was no way you were going to be a girl guide or, you know, whatever the the one before it was, brownies or something. Nope. Right. Not doing that. And we were like, okay, that's fine, you know. And I have no idea why you didn't because Philip was a cub forever. He and, was a, um, yeah. He was a cub. He was a cub. He a never cub. became a boy scout. I don't think he went why? to scout. That's so funny that I wouldn't be into that. I feel like yep. I'd be into it now. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Sports. I feel like this was like funneled into sports and I don't know why, but that's just like, and I've asked you that. I'm like, why did I do all of these sports? And you were like, you just wanted to and you just yeah. chose to. And and luckily it was an option. Yeah. And I suppose, you know, if you've been an academic, the same thing would have happened. You would have been, you know, passionate we about. Know, we all know that oh. didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, but well, don't. Don't mess around. I mean, you graduated with your year, which I think was incredible. You 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 came out with you <laughs> on know, time. I graduated yeah. twice, though. <laughs> it's it's a family trait. Yeah, uh, we're lucky Philip didn't graduate four times. But um, you know, it it I think whatever had been your passion would have taken you in whichever direction you'd wanted to go. So right. I think you know that was your choice. Um, yeah. and and you know, I don't think we made you do anything particularly that you didn't want to do right. um, it would have been difficult so if you if you were gonna um chat with parents that may be bringing children into the world and offering them advice as to how to raise a an olympian or a, just an elite athlete what what would you tell them oh boy um, I think you have to watch what the child is involved in, what the, watch what the child has a passion for, um, mm -hmm. support them as much as you possibly can. Um, mm -hmm. And I think the whole concept comes down to what do they want to do? Um, mm -hmm. As you mentioned, I was chairman of the skating committee at the uh, TCSC for a, a, a long time. Um, and I watched a lot of parents live vicariously through their children. Right. Um, and that's like a thing. It's it's very difficult because, you know, you 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 probably wanted to be something special, you know, and, and now you have a child and you want that child to go in that direction. Right. Um, I think that happens with a lot of parents, not even in sport. It happens. You know, my father was Everywhere. a lawyer. My father was a lawyer, so I have to be a lawyer. Yeah, you know, yeah. My mother's a nurse. I should be a nurse. So I think you have to listen to the child, and I think you have to watch um, right. what they want to do. Um, because Right, but also how do you – sorry, I'm totally interrupting you, but you're my mom, so I can't. Mm -hmm. um, how, how do you – how do you – like you let me kind of go off and give me independence and do things on my own. How do you – translate that to other parents like maybe don't sit and watch their whole skating hour of training or I don't know like how do you give that independence to kids with parents that maybe aren't ready to let go 
oh boy, that's difficult. I mean, some parents never let go. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that's an yeah. individual parental feeling that um, you want your child to be independent. Like I'm an only child. Um, I went to boarding school. Um, so for me, there was no competition. I didn't have brothers and sisters to compete against. I always won. I, you know, that was me. <laughs> and um, now it's I, a different story, mom, when we play cards. <laughs> well, I still don't share. I don't, I don't share very well. Um, we'll work in progress. Work in progress. Well, probably not. I don't, I think we might leave that one aside. <laughs> Never going to um, share. Probably not. Okay. So everyone's got their quirks and quarries. Yeah, but I, I sincerely think that um, I always wanted to bring up children that could stand on their own two feet, um, mm -hmm. that were independent, that didn't have to rely on me for everything. Um, yeah. And I never wanted to be that parent that, you know, was like a, what do they call them? Helicopter Helicopter, parents. yeah. I couldn't stand it. I mean, I mean, yeah. to me, I could drop you at skating. I knew where you were. I could go and do my thing. I could work my committee meetings. Mm -hmm. I could do what I want. And mm -hmm. I could come back. I didn't have to watch you 24 hours a day. To me, I mean, right. I, I would have gone bonkers anyway. But that whole thing of That's not the love. Feel the love, people. <laughs> oh, yeah. But part of that is love because you want that child to have to the grow. independence and to yeah. grow and to be their own person. And, not and so, to, yeah. So when I was figure skating back in the day, what were you doing? Like, were you going and playing tennis and doing your own sport or were you? Yeah, I was probably, I, I used to try and do that. So I would drop yeah. you. Um, I had meetings because I was on the skating committee for my right. amazing right. enough. Yeah, they who all thought I skated all over the place. No, no, no. no. But anyway. Newsflash, you know. news she never <laughs> skated. <laughs> no, no. I told them I'd never competed, so it worked quite well. You but, weren't um, <laughs> But, you know, if you can run a meeting, you can run a meeting, you can run a committee, you can run a committee. And basically oh, you just oh. have to deal with people. So, yeah. yeah, so, you know, you did that. And then, um, yeah, I played a lot of tennis in those days. And, um, you know, I you was lived, You lived, school. like, you lived your own life while your yeah. kid was living their own life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I think that much. makes sense. But I think that's hard for some parents nowadays. But I do appreciate it. Yeah, and I think parents now, it's a, it's a different world. You know, I, I literally could. You know, you could walk to school. You could get on a bus. You could go by yourself. We didn't. Yeah you know, Molly coddle you. Uh, and we were in a big city. We were in Toronto for a lot of that time. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I think now life has changed. You know, life out yeah. there has changed. One is far more wary of things that can happen. I mean, yeah. you know, we'd open the door and you'd go up to the end of the street and you'd play on the playing fields or you'd skate on the skating rink up there. Um, yeah. We didn't, I think now there's an overlying um, concern about what's actually happening on the streets. Mm. Um, you know, you and Philip were supposed not to cross Young Street to go to the. I did. Store. I definitely did all the time to go to the candy store. But, <laughs> Wait, know, did you know that? Did you know yes, that we did of that? Course, of, course, of course. How did you know but we I mean, even like hit our candies? Yeah, but that you know, that's not that's a parental thing. You know, you know what's going on. Oh. Um, but nowadays, you know, whereas I wasn't concerned, whereas they now I think I would be concerned. I would be concerned yeah. with you walking through the ravines and yeah. and doing that kind of thing. And I think that that's a different a different perspective that parents have. It's yeah. all very well to say, you know, open the door, let them go, let them eat dirt, do whatever. It's yeah. not as simple now, I don't think. So I that's think true. you know we were lucky. We were lucky. Yeah, different era. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, mom, any anything else to share with kids or parents that think that they would like to get into sports? I think the best thing to do is to encourage, to mm-hmm. watch where their 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 passion begins to to grow. Um, try a lot of things. Um, mm-hmm. Don't hold back. If someone says they want to be a rocket scientist, hey, who knows? <laughs> she yeah. could be. I mean, yeah. she could be now. You know, that's that's the option that you've got. I mean, there are women going into space. There are yeah. women doing all kinds of things. Uh, don't don't hold back. Don't yeah. ever ever say, "Oh, you can't do that because you're a girl," or because you know you're you're too young. Or because, are we past you know, that now, though? Because you're a girl. I, I mean. And now too young, too young. Like there's like an 11 year old in the half pipe that's absolutely yeah. like crushing it. So I don't yeah. like, I don't know if there's like too young and you're a woman. I, I hope that we're past that, but I guess we're probably Well, not. I think you have to read the book that I've just been reading called Lessons in Chemistry. And um, then you will, it's it's set a little further back, but it's yeah. it's a woman who is a, 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 a scientist. And um her struggles too, but very funny struggles. She right. also becomes a single parent, yada, yada. But okay. yes, so I think I think it's still out there. I think women are still fighting for equality. I think we're still fighting for the same wages, for the same oh, yeah. recognition, for all yeah. those kinds of things. Um, yeah. You know, your sport is divided into men and women. Yeah. Um, the only sport I can think of that isn't is um, riding, you know, equestrian. Right. They they all compete on a level playing field, whether you're a woman or a man on a horse. That's I love it. That. And so, yes, I mean, I think yes, the men can huck themselves higher. Um, not not anymore. Not that much anymore. The girls I mean, are catching up girls, for sure. The like there's to. a fire. There is a fire. It's pretty rad to see. I'm yeah. kind of I'm glad I'm not in it any like yeah. that anymore. It's yeah. still a and, soulful sport for me though. I mean, you 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 look at how the half pipe has evolved. I mean, when you were first going, it was what twelve feet or something. Yeah, it was. Then like it got small. to sort of fifteen feet. I mean, yeah. twenty two feet dropping in. I remember your brother doing it. Do you remember? Yeah, he yeah, yeah. Never ever dropped into a half pipe, and he was he came out to go whoa, that was the scariest thing I've ever done. (laughs) And you're going, that's why I was a little bit concerned when your sister decided that that was, you know, the one that she'd... That was only like five years ago too when we had the fam jam up at Whistler. Oh, man, bless his heart. You know, and yet he hucks himself off amazing things with skiing and stuff like that. But that was, I think, an eye-opener. So A different respect, a a different level of understanding, especially for like anyone. If you're out there and you have not gotten into a 22-foot half pipe or even just like a mini pipe or uh, whatever, just go in there and get an idea for what it is because nothing on TV looks like feels the same in person. No, and I think that's the other thing is don't ever – there aren't any barriers. There shouldn't be any. I mean, I know they do these extreme sports now and they are pretty scary. But, mm. you know, there's a level where you go, uh, it's my comfort zone or it's not my comfort zone. Do I push mm-hmm. myself through that comfort zone? And, as and that's a parent, your choice. That's, oh, that's yeah. The and as a parent, yeah. As a parent watching, you, you yeah. don't say, no, 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 you can't do that. You have to encourage children to be themselves, um, to, yeah. to, to do what they want to do. And, uh, you know, to me, that's always been the most supportive I could be, even if it terrified the wits out of me. Um, you know, <laughs> that was it. So, yeah, Thanks, I think parents mom. nowadays, let them let them rip, you know, let them go. Let them be who they are and listen yeah. to what they want to do. Listen yeah. to them. 
Yeah. And I think I think that's the biggest takeaway that I would say is listen, because a lot of people always think that they should they should have the less word. Um, yeah. So yeah, and, listening and to your kids. Then don't live vicariously through your children. <laughs> yeah. If you see that they yeah. hate figure skating and they don't want to be there, then yeah. don't make them do it. Thanks, thanks for that. One. Just because you <laughs> wanted to do it, you know. I remember. I'm trying to think of like other things that I tried that I hated, but I mean. I failed at a lot of things. Like I remember coming home after like sitting on a skateboard with half my face off. And I mean, you weren't the happiest human because I think it snuck out, but um, I tried that and I failed. <laughs> but that's, you know, and it's not necessarily failure. It's just something that you've decided tried. to do your sport, you know, you yeah. tried it and, and did yeah. that. Yeah, I do want to touch on before we leave is um, after my crash and in my recovery and me, I remember really well, uh, even though I was concussed, telling you and dad or having a conversation with you and dad about wanting to compete again. And you guys were stellar in the sense that I think a lot, I don't know, like what other parents would would say after such a a huge recovery but you guys were you backed me the whole way and I thank you for that I think um I felt it was part of your recovery mm -hmm. um I felt it was a very important thing for you to do um to get back up on that board um was was gutsy to then <laughs> um to then believe enough in yourself um that that you would go to another olympics yeah was huge was absolutely huge and <laughs> i don't think we could ever have not supported you because you want what's best for your child you want what is going to make them strong and what is going to make them um gosh i can't, I can't even know the words but i was as you said, standing at the bottom of that half pipe in Korea for your last run, having seen you revisit the actual trick that took you out so badly, yeah. um, was oh boy, be still my beating heart. I mean that that was <laughs> that was a gut wrenching moment. I right. mean it really was. And uh, stupid. Did, wait, did you guys watch my practice? Were you there for practice? Yeah. Okay, so just for, for reference, like in practice, I could not for the life of me land this backside 900, which is the trick that took me out, and it just wasn't coming together. And then I don't know. I Like the world works in mysterious ways, but the last run of practice in Sochi, that trick took me out. The last run of practice in Pyeongchang, I landed it for the first time in four years. So like I remember going down to the bottom of the halfpipe and just being – overly excited. I was so happy that my parents were there. I was like, like glowing. Like I must, like there must've been a crazy glow around me. I was so happy. And my parents were so happy. And, uh, and then I was like, oh, I still need to go up and compete. <laughs> but also I think, you know, what was so lovely in your sport is that so many of your competitors were so excited about you. Yeah. You know, Kelly and, and all of them were very, so happy that you'd managed to do that. And there was a lovely, camaraderie in in mm -hmm. your sport that I don't know that you see all over certainly yeah. not in skating there's not a lot of that but no, um, that's why you I know, quit skating yeah you know and I, th I think that's what I loved so much about all your friends that you made and you know 
they'll be friends forever uh, yeah. from that point of view. And even when you were at X Games and things like that, there was yeah. that go-go. I mean, I remember your your final, not your final, but I guess getting into finals in Vancouver, mm-hmm. making it through to finals. And the Americans were cheering as hard for you as Aww. as they were for the rest because you were part of them. You'd been in Mammoth for all those years. You'd been right. so many of them for so they long. Pretty much, they pretty much they thought, thought I was American. Thought you were an American. Um, <laughs> You know, and and so that's what I loved about you know that yeah. that sport, and I I hope it continues. I really do. You know, I do too. You know. I know I see it changing a lot. Yeah. Um. But I think that that soul, and that generation, I think that there will be something that holds true to it, yeah. even if we're just free riding and having a good time. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Competitive yeah. competitive sports are challenging, and and they well, you got you got to choose the right one for you. Hey, competitive sports that are judged are brutal and always will be. And I have always said, oh, my God, if my child gets into anything, please make it a sport where she comes across a finish line. (laughs) I didn't didn't go that way. I did do border cross for a bit. Actually, when I was starting off, I did everything. Yeah, and well, you, yeah, I just it, loved yeah. half pipe. Everyone asked me, they're like, "Why did you get into half pipe?" I'm like, "Well, that's what was available at the time." Yeah. Um. So yeah, mom. Yeah. Thanks so much for dropping in today. It's been a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Just I lovely. Love you. Very proud of you, my little honey bear. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Yes. Talk soon. Okay. Take care, sweetie pea. So much for dropping in today. You can find everything you want to know about dropping in with Mercedes at droppinginwithmercedes.com. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Thanks, DJ Kenosis, for the music and my mom for the intro voice. This is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on BlastTheRadio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's BlastTheRadio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's take this outside. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca.